Welcome into Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Nikhail Braden-Gall, Derek Mason, Marquise Munson with you live here on a Tuesday edition of the show. Loaded show today for the next four hours as we got a lot to get to coming off of a snoozer of a Monday night football game. Boys, what's happening? Yeah, that was pretty boring. Uh, I'm glad we were doing a worthless, meaningless NBA fantasy draft during that game because otherwise I would have had to watch it. <laughs> worthless? What are you talking about, man? That was a, the best draft ever. Well, I was talking about the game being worthless. I saw a ghost the, in that game. The draft was cool. <laughs> Just like Sam Darnold. I did like that comment. That was, that was funny. That was pretty bad. I mean, should the New York Jets at this point just kind of cease operations? I mean, it's the, the you weird, have hope, right? Because it's Darnold, but my God, yeah, it's just such the NFL is such a weird sport, and I, and that's what I like. You have to appreciate the differences. I think people do, obviously. Some when, when you lean football, when you love football, you lean either college or pro, right? Like you'll, you know, I, I like both. I love both. I watch high school football, so I'm a, I like D two football. I like FCS football. I like Power Five. I like NFL. Uh, you know, last night's one of those games where you just watch it and you go, "This is." If you don't like the NFL, this is the reason, right? It felt stale. It felt corporate. It was boring. It wasn't close. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really super imaginative. I didn't see anything exciting except for sloppy turnovers. Like it just, if you're anti NFL and you're pro college, like last night's one of those games where you kind of go, "This is why I love the college game." Because even in a blowout, you know, Alabama, Tennessee. Like I guess that's not maybe a good example. A, 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 a team that wins thirty four to three, you're still going to have pomp and circumstance in the student section, the crowd, and you know you still learn something about a team that that wins in a blowout in college because the, there's only twelve data points. So I, I don't know. The, last night's one of those games where you just go, eh, "This is why, this is why it just is not as intriguing to me." Um, there's all obviously great games too. There's tons of great games out there in the NFL, but last night I'm going. God, I wish this was NC State and Syracuse. Yeah, no, for sure, I was with and that, you. And that was not a good game last week either. No, it wasn't. Here, here's a couple. Excuse me. Here's a couple of interesting things I just saw on Twitter this morning as we're getting ready for the show. So, first of all, the Patriots have outscored their opponents this year by 175 points, which is the second biggest differential through seven games in league history, trailing only. Hold on to your horses here. The 1920 Buffalo All Americans. Wow. What? Not the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, Buffalo All Americans. The Buffalo All Americans, which could, I didn't know could, were in existence. Who could forget? Yeah, who could forget such a great team? They were pretty awesome. Oh man, what was the one guy named they had at quarterback? Man, uh, Ralph so Wilson. Awesome. Yeah, he was so awesome. Might have been Ralph, Ralph Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> he was so awesome. Um, <laughs> man, that game last night. For one, I mean, I thought um, after last week, and you know how the Jets won last week in dramatic fashion. And they were celebrating as if they won the Super Bowl. But I get it. They don't have a good team, so any win is a good win. But last night, they just look. They might. I don't know if they are the worst team in the NFL, but last night they looked like it. And Sam Darnold did not look good. And maybe it was this offensive line that didn't block for him. But Dolphins man. and Redskins might have a case. They yeah, might have an argument. You might be right. I wish all three of them, all three of them should, <laughs> the, the they should be able to play in a tournament. No, the, do- the Dolphins. <laughs> all three should be able to play in a tournament. <laughs> Round robin, loser leaves the league. The Dolphins are a heavy favorite to, to win that tournament. And, and, yeah, you by, might be and right. by win, I mean you lose. Yeah. Um, just listen, I, people don't care about fantasy stats, um, but and, and they're not a, an accurate necessarily – representation of how good or bad people are but just for the sake of for you know you know what and giggles here Mm -hmm. uh, in our keeper league nick where and again i think our scoring is fairly standard i don't think our scoring is outlandish or anything um the new england patriots defense have scored 164 fantasy points so far in six games or seven games they are 
the next highest scoring defense has scored 96 points. The next behind that is 81. Mm-hmm. So they have doubled. As a fantasy defense, they have doubled their point total than than of 30 other NFL teams. It's unbelievable. And if you put them, if you were to put that group, and I think I think I heard um, uh, the guys on Golik and Wingo doing this as well, and I, so I wanted to check our league. If you put them in with every other offensive weapon, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Matt Ryan, and Aaron Rodgers would be the only players ahead of the Patriots defense. The Patriots defense has scored more fantasy points in our league than Christian McCaffrey. Oh, wow. That's, they that, could be an all-time that, unit. That is the level of sort of havoc that they are wreaking. Again, fantasy stats is not a reason to like that's mm-hmm. That's what makes them great. But like when you talk about points allowed, sacks, interceptions, forced fumbles, big plays on defense, that's what matters in fantasy. And New England is on, on another planet right now when it comes to what they're, what they're doing production-wise. But do you think it's – you almost look at it and – you know, it's it's amazing how um, how long they've been able to do this. And, and granted, I, I get it. Tom Brady's a great quarterback, and he's going to go down as in a lot of people's eyes as the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, and I get that, but it just amazes me that for what twelve, thirteen years now, somewhere around there, they've just. Totally. Oh, with the exception of a couple of years where the Jets was kind of pushing them and maybe Miami with um, who was a quarterback at the time. Uh, well, the Ronnie Brown Wildcat year. Yeah. Well, and is that the, they, that's the year they won the division. Yeah. The, otherwise, the Patriots have won, what, 15 out of exactly. 16 or something like that. But it's been amazing how they've just dominated the division. And I think it's it's just a, almost a byproduct of of their their division is like Buffalo after the Music City Miracle. They've just been a dumpster fire. Yeah. Miami's had a few years. Um, the Jets had really two, maybe three, four years. Rex Ryan. One year where they really had the Patriots number um, with Rex Ryan there. Um, and, and they kind of went back and forth some other years. But it's just been amazing how they've been able to. No one else has been able to get a grip on that division consistently, and it's just, yeah. I don't understand it. I, I really don't. I mean, you Look, see other teams in the in the AFC that, you know, divisions kind of fluctuate up and down, and you see teams that within the AFC that can beat the Patriots, but their 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 own division, yeah, it's, not, it's just it's not crazy. Look, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna add to it that this this feels like a different Patriots team though. Because of the defense, like they, like because their of, offense is not as it's, it's good, it's good, but it's not right. It just it doesn't flow like it used to. It, it doesn't feel like, like, you know, when they were still in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, three years ago, five years ago, six years ago, they lose to Seattle. You know, like like there there's a few, or they beat Seattle one of them one of the times, I guess. Um, I, I just feel like it seems it seems like this defensive unit is different. Like somehow, and and I don't know how he did it. But it didn't feel like the defense was that great like two years ago or three years ago. And now all of a sudden it's like the best defense we've seen in well, Stephon Gilmore's in the best corner in the league, and, hands down. And maybe it's the, the the year that they let Malcolm Butler go and sign Stephon Gilmore. Now they had Hightower, but they re-signed him. You know, they, they've they like Kyle Van Noy, like that's a guy they just found. You know, mm-hmm. he was a high draft pick somewhere else, and then he they get he goes to New England and turns into they a good They let Trey player. Flowers walk. Right. They just they they make um, they trade Jamie Collins in the middle of the season when he's the, one of the best players in the team. But they team. get him back, and then they get him back, and you're going, 
I can't, what do they do? How do they do it? And it's just it, they're it's, a factory. Yeah, it's really it's remarkable uh, what they're accomplishing here. But let's throw just a little reality into what the Patriots have faced mm-hmm. through seven weeks. Through the first seven weeks, they have faced Ryan Fitzpatrick, Luke Falk, <laughs> Josh Allen, Colt McCoy, Daniel Jones, Sam Darnold. Don't talk about Danny Dimes that way. Now, here's what they have coming up weeks 8 also, through 13. That's, hang on. That's tremendous analysis by you, Derek. Yes. Yes. Just really it's high level. Derek's not poo-pooing the segment. He's just poo-pooing the competition because he would level. never want to catch passes from these guys. It's, mature, it's a mature analytical approach. The Patriots in the next six weeks will face Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, and Patrick Mahomes. All right. So you're going to go from basically the back. low of the lows to some of the elite guys in the league. If Patrick Mahomes is back, um, it'll be week 13. Uh, yeah, I think. And you, there are some games you look in there within the Patriots schedule, and you say, you know, well, yeah, can they? You think they can they go 16 and 0? Uh, yeah, yeah, but. You know, it's kind of it's kind of a war of attrition. The year they did go sixteen and zero, everything just kind of worked perfectly yeah. for them because they I'd, were supposed. I'm sorry, you're not doing yeah, that. They were we all, essentially we. I will still admit this. We got cheated out of the game in Baltimore to get it went sixteen and zero. <laughs> People don't forget. Yeah, we got cheated out of the game in Baltimore. Um, I thought the Giants played them the toughest during the regular season. No, like we, the second we, to last week of the year. No, or we had we had them. We had them be stopped them on fourth and inches, and Rex Ryan. Of all people, calls a timeout. He's a he's the defensive coach. He calls a timeout. We stop him. It doesn't count. Timeout, Ravens. And we're looking around like, are you serious? People don't forget. And then it was a push off in the back of the end zone. They catch a pass. Caldwell catch a pass. Bart Scott go crazy. Throw the flag. He gets fined and ejected. <laughs> you remember everything. Yes, I remember. Man, that, that, that is, game was amazing. wild. I mean, it was wild because they you, knew. You, you've mentioned on this show that you you were close to signing with the Patriots, yeah. right? Didn't it come uh-huh. down to Baltimore, and New England? Yeah, yeah. I was in New England, and did you talk uh, to Belichick? Did he yeah. did he say he wanted you or yeah, anything? I was I mean, in his office, and I got the I got the call on when I was. Um, when I was leaving um, New England, because I met with the receiver coach, met with um, Polian. Is it was it po- Bill, Bill no. Polian? Yeah, Bill Polian. Met with Bill Polian um, for about almost about forty five minutes. And met with the receiver coach. Then met with Bill for about thirty minutes. Um, and he was like, "Don't make a decision. Just let me know before you make any decisions." So I get back to, I get back to the airport, and my agent was like, "Well, Baltimore wants to sign you right now." And I was like, well, do they have a contract? You know, New England. Put your money where your mouth is. So I said, if they have a contract better than New England's by the time I get off the plane, then okay. And they had a contract better than New England's. <laughs> and now listen, I mean. You'd have been a perfect Patriot. Baltimore's a good franchise. I went to two AFC Championship games. Uh, yeah. I continued my career with, Neil, with Steve McNair, with Samari Rowe. I played with, you know, four or five Hall of Famers. I mean, you know. And, and then those years, they didn't win a Super Bowl. Those five, those years that I was with Baltimore, they did. Well, they win went one. from 2004 to 2004. They went a decade between Super Bowl wins. They didn't win a Super Bowl, and yeah. they didn't. I don't think they got to one. Kyle Bowler threw a touchdown pass to Daniel Wilcox mm-hmm. with 30 seconds into the fourth quarter to take the lead 24 17 on that undefeated New England Patriots team in week 12. Then Guskowski kicks a field goal to make it twenty four twenty, and then Jabbar Gaffney catches yeah, an eight yard Gaffney pass. Yeah, Caldwell wasn't a Florida receiver. Th- that's it. the same thing. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're all both the same. same. <laughs> Jabbar Gaffney catches an eight yard touchdown pass from Brady 
with 44 seconds to go in the game to win 27-24 on the road on a Sunday and night against Baltimore. And then we catch the ball. I think it was Mark Clayton. He catches the ball at like the two-yard line. The two-yard line. He, he was a hell of a. He was a hell of a. Oklahoma's Mark Clayton, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Boy, he y'all catches was, the ball at the two-yard line. Y'all was running up. Willis McGahee. So he got man. tackled Jeez. on the two-yard line? He got tackled. If, if, if I can remember that game, he got tackled like on a two- or a three-yard line. Mm. I believe so. If it was that game. Oh, I want to look this up now. Willis McGahee had 30 carries in this yeah. game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Y'all was running. Him his, his legs must be shot. Yeah, we were. We, we, but we've always, like, New England, <laughs> we've always played New England, like, tough. Uh, and then in the playoffs, I think that next following year we blew them out like forty four to seven, so, something like that. So what? So what? What the heck, man? Uh, Ravens final possession: Kyle Bowler pass complete to Musa Smith for thirteen yards. Kyle Bowler, Kyle yeah. Bowler pass short over the middle to some guy named Derek Mason for twelve yards. Touchdown! Timeout, timeout Ravens. Then the timeout by the Patriots. Then Kyle Bowler, you got the ball on the forty five yard line. You're down by four. Kyle Bowler incomplete pass to some guy named Derek Mason. What, what the hell was that guy thinking at yeah, that play? Couldn't. Really Brendan know. Merriweather totally dominated you on yeah. that play. Um, <laughs> it was. Um, I mean, and then Kyle Bowler a fifty-two yard yes. completion to Mark Clayton from the forty-five yard line, which puts you down about the what the three yard yes. line. That's, I told you that game was crazy. that game was wild, man. I forgot. I knew the Giants really tested the yeah. Patriots in, in like the second to last week of the year or the last uh, week of the year because mm-hmm. then we thought, oh, what if they see each other again? And then they 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 did obviously see each other again. But I think I guess people forget about the how well you guys played against them. Mm-hmm. And, I, I know I did. And speaking of the New England Patriots, breaking news in the National Football League: they have traded for Falcons wide receiver. Mohamed Sanu immediately goes to fantasy team. Adds Mohamed Sanu, giving up a second round pick. So Holy cow, that's a they that's must not, big. I mean, that's a lot. They're gonna cut him at the end of the year, but they need some receivers right now. Yeah, they do. Yeah, but like, like you know, when you've got uh, Julian Edelman, they need a big guy. I, I understand because Josh Gordon's out right now, yeah. but like Jacoby Myers is he caught a couple passes. He got what four or five passes last uh-huh. night for them. He's starting to gain. He's a six. Three two hundred thirty pounder at NC State rookie, the undrafted we thought was, you know, a pretty good player going into the draft. Like they, they just you know, Philip Dorsett catches a touchdown pass last night. It's not like they're they're seven and zero. It's not it's not like they're struggling here. But man, now they go out and add a piece like that. I'd be call, you know what I'd be calling the Falcons right now for pieces. If I was the Titans, just not Dan Quinn. Yeah. If, I, if I'm the, if I'm the, if I'm the Titans, I'm he call, should be in pieces. I'm calling for the, I'm calling for a player on that offensive line. Uh, I'm, hey, is Alex Mack available? What do you want for him? Because mm-hmm. if if this is if they're giving up Sanu and getting a second round pick, first of all, it's a great deal for the Falcons. That's their third receiver, right? Yeah. And they're getting a second round pick for him. But man, if you could go get a piece right now from a team that's crumbling, go get a piece. John Robinson, give him a call. All right, it's Warning Drive. We are live this morning from the Wholesaling Studio, powered by RumbleOn.com. We will come back. Uh, Floyd Reese at the bottom of the hour. But what can the Tennessee Titans be with Ryan Tannehill if he plays like this and plays above what the, quote, back of his football card looks like? We look at Tannehill's resume. If he can play above his resume, what can the Tennessee Titans be? We're back after this on Morning Drive. It is Morning Drive. Good to have you in live here on a Tuesday. Nick Braden, D-Mace, Marquise, Floyd Reese will join us coming up this morning at 6.30. Also, 
How about this? 8.30 this morning, Casey Alexander, head coach at Belmont, OVC yeah, Media Days. Yeah, baby. Basketball season not too far away. I know uh, Spartans are double what, baby? D's all fired up about the Lakers, right. but college hoops is not too far away either. We got a pretty good state where the hoops. You got Stackhouse in town now. Yep. It's going to be interesting, man. I think this whole. My Spartans are number one. Memphis has got a ton of talent. Tennessee's My Spartans pretty are number solid. One. Nobody cares about Michigan State in this city My except Spartans for Joe Rex Road. Think, think about this, though, but real quickly. I don't really care about number one in basketball. I really it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. College basketball right now between. Barnes, Stackhouse, Penny Hardaway, you could make the case, and certainly more accomplished, that the college basketball coaches in this state have more star power right now themselves than the football coaches in this state. Oh, of course. Uh, of course. I mean, you yeah, know, but just, Jeremy Pruitt's still going to be far more recognized. No, I, I know. Than yeah, everybody else. but well, no, if, if, if Stackhouse and Penny, if they continue to win, um, he might not be. Well, he will be, but he might not be it's, celebrated. Football is he might always, not be as celebrated as those this, guys. This ain't Kentucky or Indiana or North Carolina, boys. Football is still the biggest. I'm telling you, How Memphis, about this? If Memphis get back to where they used to be. You're right. This is Canada. Remember, <laughs> yeah. Southern Canadian province. <laughs> yeah, my bad. Uh, how about this? In, in the Athlon Preview College Basketball Magazine on newsstands now, um, Memphis number two. We have a, These are projections, uh-huh. right? Again, just take them for what they're worth. Exactly. They're, just, they're just projections and, and, and mostly just to have fun. We've got Memphis as a two seed. Uh, Belmont as a 12 seed. We've got Tennessee as a 9 seed and I don't think they I don't think Vandy is picked to to make the the tournament it's, but you know that that's a you know you throw in you throw in you know a, a Lipscomb team that Casey left in really good shape. Mm-hmm. Um you, you throw in you know a variety of teams that you know Middles always an interesting team in in hoops. Um so it's just it's just interesting, you know. We're not talking college hoops yet, but it's it's a good time to be a college basketball fan in the state, as last year indicated. No doubt John, about John, it. Listen, I got John Morant on the uh, Morning Drive Fantasy Squad last night, and your boy Jaron Jackson. So I'm, <laughs> I, got I got Brian, Brian. So I got reasons to watch Memphis now, right? I, I got I got myself a Spartan big man and a and I got a, Jimmy Butler and a Murray State point guard. So you're kind of the Jimmy Butler I, of the show. When I looked at that, I was like, damn. I wanted to be number one. I wanted to AC. I, so I, so you bad. never get a good pick. Well, no, so you're always at the Bron, bottom. I got Brian. Well, here's, so. the, here's the thing. I was picking one behind you last uh-huh. night, and I, I assumed you weren't there. Uh-huh. And I thought, you know what? Because LeBron was like the ninth player in the list. Uh-huh. I was like, auto pick is going to pass on LeBron and take <laughs> somebody else. And I was like, then I'm going to get LeBron, uh-huh. and then I'm going to charge you your Beamer <laughs> for LeBron. Here's, I'll give you LeBron. You can give me nothing in return, but I want one of your cars. <laughs> And, oh, I, and I figured you might do it. So. No, I had my phone right on the thing. I was like, <laughs> yes. I was like, okay. I did. I pulled a Marquise. I put a lot of people in the queue yeah, yeah, just yeah. in case. So I got I got Damian Lillard instead. So. Well, for the, the, I'll be all right. the college fantasy league, I have Joe Burrow. So, Mace, if you want Joe Burrow, I'll trade you Burrow straight up for the range. Hey, man. Well, well he's got Tua. You make that trade now, yeah. would you? No, I want the Range Rover. The hell with Tua. He's hurt. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, Derek. I ain't worried about Marquise, it. Marquise, you still want Tua? He's dead to me. <laughs> uh, Derek's got an offer for you now. Yeah, I got an offer. No, I don't. He'll be back. He'll be back in time, and he'll throw four or five more touchdowns. Uh, I would trade Tua right now, Derek. Tells you. He's not going to play for a game. And I, I, yeah, well, my backup had, quarterback he, is he's going to he throw for a lot of He had a procedure. You boys think he's going to be healthy for LSU? Hmm. Oh, yeah. He's still going to throw for like five uh, touchdowns. I don't know, boys. I'll give you Jake Fromm and a receiver from Wake Forest. If no, you give me I got, I, I Dude, got a backup quarterback. I mean, legit. you know college football. You get your back. Your backup's going to throw for like 20 touchdowns, too, so it don't matter. Yeah, you seen Mac Jones play? <laughs> no, no. He's talking about his fantasy quarterback. Oh, oh, fantasy. oh yeah. okay. I'm, I'm just saying, I, I, no, in, a, in a moment of true seriousness, I don't think if, – if Tua doesn't play in the LSU game, LSU would be favored. I oh, would, of course. LSU would be a, they would, should be. Be, would be a favorite in that game. 
And I don't know how – listen, he had the procedure right following the SEC championship game last year on, on the other ankle and then you know was back, like what was it, like 28 days or whatever, like almost a full month before they played Oklahoma in the playoff game. You know, he, he was good in that playoff game. I, th- this is three weeks after a procedure, which is why they had the procedure, I'm assuming, like immediately following the game. They had to try. They're trying to get him back as soon as possible. I, I would not be surprised if he misses the LSU game altogether. Hey, because they know Ed Ogeron. If they miss, if he misses the LSU game, it's going to be a rout. And and here's the thing. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm going route, but I would pick LSU. To your point, here's the thing though. If you're the committee and Alabama is 11 and one, and their only loss is against oh, LSU, you still consider them without as, yeah. without Tua. It's in the bylaws for the basketball committee mm-hmm. that if there's if a star player is out, you've got to consider that as part of the equation. If 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 they, if Tua comes back and they roast Auburn and they finish eleven and one and they've mm-hmm. crushed everybody they've played except for the one team they they played without Tua, they're still getting in. Like you, oh yeah, of course. If Tua's healthy at the end of the year, but and you're play. talking about them not making the SEC yeah, championship. Like, as well. like LSU, yeah. if LSU beats Bama and has the tiebreaker, even if they lose to Auburn or whatever, uh-huh. and LSU goes into the SEC championship game and beats Georgia and wins the SEC or Florida or whatever, and they and they go, they're going to go to the playoff. LSU's in, right? They're, they mm-hmm. might be the number one team in the nation right now. They, yeah. They're in. But if Alabama's eleven and one, and their only loss is to number one LSU without their best player, mm-hmm. the committee's going to consider that. And I, I don't know how you don't. And and how, how do you argue they're not one of the best teams in in America? If if the only real loss is to LSU without Tua, yeah, you know what I mean. Like I, if I'm the committee member, I'm still going. Bama looks better than anything else that's on the board right now. All right, we will get the Tennessee Titans conversation going. On the other side, Floyd Reese is going to stop by for his weekly appearance, and then we're going to get to Tannehill. We're going to get to Tajay Sharp, and also Tim Hasselbeck with some strong comments on Marcus Mariota. So we got a lot to get to with the Titans probably for the next 45 minutes or so, and then you can jump in as well. 737-1025. Nick, Braden, Dimes, Marquise, the GM, Floyd Reese, joins us next on Morning Drive. 6.30 on the dot. Welcome back into Morning Drive Tuesday edition. Nick Braden, D-Mace, and Marquise. It is 6.30 on a Tuesday, so that means it's Floyd Reese time, the former Titans GM and, of course, co-host of Jared and the GM. Floyd, good morning. How are you doing this morning, sir? I'm doing great. How about you guys? We're doing well. You know, feeling... Uh Somewhat optimistic after Sunday with a new quarterback in a you know an offense that looked like it was in 2019 and it was able to score points and be efficient. So you know signs of encouragement. But I, I want to just go a little bit ahead, and I'm just I know I know it's a week to week league, but I'm looking at the Bucks and Jameis Winston's problems, and I look at the Panthers, and I know Kyle Allen has been locked in, and he's a remarkable story this year. But let me ask you this: if if Ryan Tannehill continues to play above what his football card indicates, above what his career resume says he is. Can this team be 5-4 and four in a couple of weeks? I, you know, there's certainly a chance. Um, you know, the thing we have to do, in my mind, and, and we saw it this weekend, is just go out on offense and be effective. You know, we're not asking for for 45 points. With our defense, if you can get 21, we're going to win every game. And so it's, it's, you know, kind of a just go out and take care of what you did. And that's, I was kind of satisfied with what he did this weekend because I thought he threw the ball with some accuracy. I thought he threw the ball with velocity. I thought, you know, generally speaking, he put the ball where it needed to be, uh, has, has better vision of the field. And I think the, the Tajay Sharp touchdown is probably a good example of that. You know, I think they dropped – 
eight or nine guys into coverage, and yet Tajay's just kind of wandering along the very back of the, the end zone there. He finds him, puts the ball on him, you know, made it look easy when we know it's not. So, um, you know, if we can just do that and the defense continue to do what it's doing, I mean, you have to look at the talent and think, hey, you know, we've got a chance to win some games. Floyd, I found it interesting. You know, I felt like they were running like three routes, like a six-yard cross, a 12-yard cross, or a screen pass is what I felt like they ran all all game. And the scheme was part of the, the reason that Tajay was wide open, the offensive line played better, and Tannehill delivered the football very well. What did you see from a scheme standpoint? Did they do anything? Did Arthur Smith do anything different to with Ryan Tannehill in the pocket versus Mariota? And how? How? What's your opinion of Arthur Smith's play calling as the season has unfolded? You know, I didn't. I thought they did pretty much the same stuff. The thing that you saw with Tannehill is this is just me now, but he appeared much more poised and relaxed in the pocket. You know. He was not, even though he got hit one time and, and and threw an interception with it, beyond that, he just was confident and felt good. And I think the touchdown he threw to, who was it, Corey Davis in the end zone between those two guys, I'm not sure Marcus would have thrown that ball. And maybe not a lot of young quarterbacks would, but if you're a veteran NFL quarterback, you can throw that ball. You know the window's tight. But if you're accurate and you put some zip on the ball, you can get it in there. And I think that's what he did. So, um, you know, I think just being able to kind of do what you you want a veteran NFL quarterback to do um, and and not be special, you know, just be really solid. And and I think that helped a, a ton. I thought, uh, you know, I thought Arthur, generally speaking, kind of adapted along the way. I'm not sure anybody really knew what they were going to get from Tannehill. And, and, of course, you're always kind of on guard, you know, just to make sure you you don't put too much on him or you don't ask too much of him. And and I think as you go week week to week, if we can continue taking care of the ball and doing some of the things we saw, then maybe you add more to the plate. You know, maybe you give them a little bit more to do. Now, Floyd, um, uh, two part for you and two guys. Uh, what do you think the future holds for Marcus here um, in Tennessee? And then also um, the Delaney Walker situation. Um, yes, he you could say he was injured, so to speak, but. When they showed him on the sideline, I mean, Delaney's the type of guy to me over the years, the only reason he doesn't go back in the game is if he can't walk. Um, and the Titans chose not to make him a part of the offense. And it's been that way for the last couple of weeks, um, the last two or three weeks, where his game has slowly diminished, uh, not because of him, but they just kind of chosen to go other places. Um, John New's playing a lot more. He played better. Uh, really good this past game. So what do you see the future for these two guys? Marcus um, and then Delaney, possibility of him being traded, um, you know, before the trade deadline? You know, with Marcus, of course, I think it's going to depend on, on Tannehill. And if Tannehill can stay healthy and if Tannehill can play, you know, in a similar fashion to what we saw this weekend, then, you know, I'm going to guess that Tannehill's going to keep the job. And, you know, at the end of the year, Marcus will be a free agent and and be able to do pretty much what he wants. And, and then they're going to have to make a decision on Tannehill. We all know, you know, historically for for a Tannehill or a Marcus to continue that trend 
has been difficult. So, you know, when is there going to be a time he's going to stub his toe and when is that coming? And and so you're kind of holding your breath. But if he can continue, um, you know, I think I think it's probably his job. Uh, Delaney, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just assuming that he was hurt. Now, I agree with you. You know, he started off the game. He's got his helmet on. He's ready to go, and he's all buckled up. And, you know, I'm here, Coach. You know, call my number. And uh, and then by the end of the game, he was sitting on a bench with a baseball cap on. So, you know, that, that doesn't look good. I just don't know what's behind that. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know if it is the injury. You don't know if it's if it's, uh, you know, trying to get Janu in there. And, and I agree with you. I mean, Janu got in there and, and made some plays. And Janu, if if Janu can eliminate those silly, silly penalties mm-hmm. and, and mistakes that he seems to kind of, you know, they always pop up on him, then, you know, he looks like a kind of guy. I mean, the catch he made in the run, that was a heck of a run. Um, so he, he's a talented guy, too. But... But we all know what Delaney is to this mm-hmm. team and what he has been to this team. And, I mean, he's a special guy. And uh, and I would have to think that if there's, you know, if, if there's any way that he can get into the game, that he'll be in the game. Floyd Reese joining us here on Morning Drive, as he does every Tuesday at 6.30 ESPN 102.5 The Game. So the much-anticipated debut of Jeffrey Simmons on Sunday Came back, I think, a lot quicker than everybody anticipated. Four tackles, two for a loss, one sack, uh, and he only played limited action. What What is this guy capable of? Because it feels like a lot of people believe if it wasn't for the injury, this guy might have been a top five, top ten pick. Can this guy be a total game wrecker? You know, it's only one game, and we only saw a few, you know, 23 plays, I think it was, in one game. Uh, I, like you, was amazed that he could come not only off an ACL, but come off of whatever it was, two, three days practice, go into an NFL game and have any impact at all. Um, but he got in there and he made some plays. And, and we all know, I mean, he is a, a big, big man. And to find those inside guys that can make plays like that with that size, that athleticism, they don't come along very often. You know, they're few and far between. And if you can find one of those guys that, you know, you're hoping can do a bunch of that stuff, rush the passer, play the run, you know, have uh, create big plays, then you've got to, you know, you've got a whatever name you want to throw out there, you know, for, for all the big-time DTs in the league. Uh, you know, you certainly have to be encouraged. You know, I, I wonder about today, are they checking his knee? Did it swell a little bit? Is it really, really sore? You know, exactly what it is, if anything. And, of course, you hope it's nothing. Um, and if that's the case, then, you know, I, I don't know why. He just doesn't get better and better and better each and every week. Hey, Floyd, you talked about Tannehill playing well, and this team has a chance to win some games if he continues to play well. And that, that obviously – that's what everybody wants, but that remains to be seen. Uh, what, what that that is a decision that Mike Vrabel has to make week to week moving forward, depending on the health of both guys and how they're playing. But what about the long term? Like, what's John Robinson doing right now? Is he is he scouting the the college draft for next year for quarterbacks? Is he talking to free free agents agents? Is he trying to to gauge maybe what dollar figure either Marcus or Ryan Tannehill would would want as a bridge contract? You know, Tannehill's making like. 
seven million, two of it from the Titans, and, and Marcus obviously twenty something. What, what is the, the the role that John Robinson plays from here on out? Because they they, ha- they can't they can they can draft somebody, but don't they have to have another piece to before they find that guy? Like, what, what's John Robinson doing right now, long term, big picture with the quarterback situation? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure ideally you want one of these guys to be somebody that you want to keep. You know, so that if in fact you do go get a young guy, you're not forced to throw him right in the game. He might be ready. He might have no chance of being ready. You just don't know that. Um, given that, you know, there's, there's, it's such, so much up in the air. You know, you just don't know. Can Tannehill continue at this level? If he can, then I'm sure they'll be talking to him. Um, you know, they can't talk to other free agents yet, but, but I know through the draft process, they will go through the draft process and they're scouting quarterbacks just, just like they er- do every year, if not more, you know, just to, to see if there's somebody out there. I mean, it appears right now that there are a lot of names, you know, in the college game, and I think it's a matter of, you know, where are they going to pick? Uh, you know, let's say they just go 8-8, eight and eight, and so they're picking at 16 or 17 or 15, you know, in the middle of the pack. You know, if you go through it and there's two quarterbacks you really like and they're going to be gone the first five picks, then, you know, where are you now? And so, um, you know, there's a lot up in the air right now, and there are a lot of balls they're trying to juggle just to make sure when it's all said and done they can end up with, you know, hopefully a veteran guy and then, you know, if they want to bring in the young guy, bring in the young guy and work him along. And then when it's his time, throw him in there and see see what they've got. I think the thing right now, and, and I really agree with, with Vrabel and what he's doing, which is he doesn't want to – he doesn't want to get into the Marcus one week, Ryan the next week. Marcus, the next, you know, back and forth, back and forth. And so ideally, if he can find one of those guys to fit and to stay, then, you know, that would certainly be the best scenario for this year. Floyd, always a pleasure. We appreciate the time. We'll be listening today at 2 o'clock. Thanks, guys. You got it. Floyd Reese, former Titans GM and co-host of Jared and the GM. And listen today here on Morning Drive for your chance to win a pair of tickets to see Nashville SC at First Tennessee Park for the first round of the USL playoffs this Saturday. Tickets available for purchase at NashvilleSC.com. We will give away a pair later in the show. Speaking of Jared and Floyd, might have to defend one of the two guys from Jared and the GM when we come back because one guy here in Nashville, I don't know what his problem is. All of a sudden, he's a little soft. And I have nothing against the guy. But all of a sudden, it's like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. The guy's just doing his job. Don't need to get mad. Back <laughs> after you this. Mad, Why are you mad, bro? Back after this. <laughs> Welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 1025, The Game. Nick Braden, D-Mace, and Marquise. So i got to come to the defense of one half of Gerald and the coach. Is it, is it Jordan? Is it Hotcakes? Is it Gerald? Yeah, I'm going to actually defend Stillman here because right, I like it. Uh, on Sunday, Stillman tweeted out that uh, Tajay Sharp kills the Chargers. No one else, only the Chargers. <laughs> and some Titans fan, some follower of Stillman, replies back saying all Tajay Sharp does, and he included Tajay's Twitter handle, uh, he says all Tajay Sharp does is make plays week in and week out. Stop mm. hating Stillman. Hashtag he's on our side. Hashtag Titans. So against the Chargers last year, seven catches, 101 <laughs> yards, big big game in London. Mm-hmm. 
two catches for 19 yards and a touchdown. Just huge, monstrous game on, on Sunday. To which Stillman quote tweeted him and replied saying, Sharp scored for the first time since last November on October 20. <laughs> Which doesn't make sense, but uh, you know. Do you want the actual oh, wow. uh, the actual last time? Do we have the actual touchdown? calendar date? It was November eighteenth, two thousand eighteen. So I don't know where the October twenty came from. So not only was it not the twentieth of November, it wasn't October either. So I do have to say, Stillman, as I've said before, when you add six likes to a tweet and you're like, um, like um, Tajay like doesn't like perform like very well like every week. Stop take stop tweeting likes in your tweets. You need an editor. Uh, but your point is valid. He had not scored a touchdown since November 18th, 2018, against the Colts on the road in a 38-10 to loss. To which then yesterday, Tajay Sharp tweeted at Jared Stillman. He said, and I quote, Ayo, Jared Stillman, keep my name out your mouth. And I'm thinking, wait a second here. So, yeah, Stillman might have screwed up the actual date, but the fact <laughs> of the matter is... Everything he said about Tajay Sharp is accurate, and I've never had anything against Tajay Sharp. I think he is what he is. I think on a good team with upgraded receivers, which the Titans have done this offseason, he's a number four, and he's a solid player from UMass who's probably overachieved. No need to get your panties in a bunch because somebody's just giving facts. Well, so there's a couple things. First of all, I would be like the, the annoying nerd who would be like, Technically, Tajay, I was tweeting, so your name was on my keyboard, not in my mouth. Um, <laughs> so, like, I would be that guy who's like, uh, Tajay, uh, excuse me, I didn't actually mention your name. Um, but in theory, Jared Stillman, by definition, his job is to use words out of his mouth for 20 hours. You may disagree with it with what he has to say, as we all do frequently. But his job is to speak about football. Like, that's his job, is to put people's names in his mouth, right? And then talk about it. Like we're talking about Tajay right now. Here's another couple of factoids for you, just in case you'd like to know. Uh, he's played, obviously, in all seven games this year. Three of them, he has not caught a single pass. In his last 11 games, he went seven of those games without catching a single pass. If you go back 13 games, he went eight games without catching a single pass. So more than half of the games this year and dating back to last year He's not even catching a pass. So the week-in, week-out thing is factually untrue. I'm with you, Nick. I, I think Tajay's a fine player. I think he's a nice number three receiver, maybe a number four behind Humphreys. Um, but but he's a serviceable player. He's got good rapport with with Marcus. He catches. Well, Marcus not the quarterback now. So. I, I, I understand. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm aware, guys. I mean, I I just have he's no nice expectations player, like, for the guy. So yeah. like, he's totally off my radar. I mean, do athletes? I mean, athletes know that this is our job. Uh, they, I mean, they know. They don't care. Uh, so then, why are they? Why are they I tweeting? Think, I mean, probably, he probably don't like Stillman anyway. But you know, but it it, but, but it it, the bigger picture is this a sign of the times where athletes are listening and are so sensitive nowadays? Oh yeah, they are. Um, but I mean, listen, if it's not factually true, then you can get upset. But it is factually true. And is it Tajay's right. fault? Right. No, it's not Tajay's fault. I mean, he, the ball just hadn't gotten around to him. And he's a four seven eight guy. Yeah, I mean, I've watched <laughs> the film, and he's been open at times, and the ball just hadn't gotten to him. That now was, That was mean. I'm sorry. You know, that. he should have said, well, hey, but I guess he wouldn't want to go that route because then he would have kind of thrown the offensive coordinator and quarterback under the bus. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I wouldn't advise that unless it's he just want to get out of here. It's but, a lose-lose uh, for him to respond to that. Uh, no, I mean, it's, it's not. I mean, you, what does he you, you do what you want to do. Um, you know, the players, they get sensitive and 
petty and all of them get petty. Um, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, but but I don't, Tajay. My thing is to him. I mean, and this is the approach that I that I took as a player. If you're writing something bad about me, if it's factually true, if I look at the game and you're only writing what you see, then I can't get mad at you. You know, if I don't catch a pass, then if I go straight, you know, three or four games without a pass and they write something about it, then yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. I hadn't went that long, but yeah, you're right. Or if I have a bad game, um, you know, and you write that I had a bad game, you're absolutely right. What can right. I say, you right. know? But if you're writing something that's not factually true and you're not coming to me or, you know, to one of the receivers, then I have a problem with that. But what Jared said, I mean, it was factually true. I mean, it, and it may not be Tajay's fault. Right. You know he he doesn't he doesn't have the ball in his hand a hundred percent of the time the quarterback does, um, and he can't throw the ball to himself. So don't get upset about it, man. Just look at the, just just go about your business. Yeah, and the sensitivity thing and, and the Twitter world thing. It's just uh, I mean I agree with all of that. I I just don't know what players gain from from uh, like reading and consuming and like I know that there is a brand building element to modern athletes that that that's why you read your mentions or that's why you search your name that's why Deshaun Watson found something that Stillman said I, I think the, the general rule and I think Nick you and I have talked about this a lot I think the general rule is don't be don't make it personal as long as it's not personal like it, it, I don't think you really the, I don't think athletes have have any room to say anything to any of us as long as it's not personal if it's personal and I'm making it a personal attack on someone, and I'm personally taking out my opinion on something, you know. And I'm maybe going but over they the top. Take that personal, like that. Then to them, that's personal. But that's but that's wrong. Like, no, like, it's not wrong. No, no, it's their for, perception. For, uh, for us, it's wrong for us to make it personal about them. Like, like for me with Urban Meyer, it's personal for me with Urban Meyer because I think he's a bad human being. Mm-hmm. So that's personal, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't like the man. I don't want him coaching my football team. I don't trust him. He's giving me 15 years worth of lies to tell me that I don't need to trust that idiot. So, like, that, that is how I feel about Urban Meyer. That's personal. Uh-huh. I, that is, it's gotten personal for me with him, even though I don't know the guy. I, I've never talked about a Preds player or a Titans player or a Tennessee volunteer or an Alabama. There's never been in 15 years of doing this job. I have never made it personal about anybody. If I see you play bad, I say you play bad. If I see you play well, I, I say you play well. And as long as you stick to that rule, I, I don't think players have a single leg to stand on to give us a hard time for what, when we're just doing our jobs. No, I, 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 you're totally right. But you got to understand they, they take it personal. And for when you hear a guy – and, 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 and Jared is Jared, and he does a great job, you know, on his show, he and Floyd. And, you know, I enjoy listening to him. I laugh at him sometimes, like, you're just wrong, dude. But then sometimes he, right. he has great points. Right. Um, you know, he might, you know, scream in a mic a lot, but he got great points. <laughs> That's my guy. No, but um, when, when, when you hear a guy, um, you know, because they listen. These guys oh, listen. Oh, they all listen. Yeah, and you hear a guy on the radio saying, oh, he sucks, he sucks, he sucks, he's he's bad. Which we don't do on Which this we show, don't do. But and, and, and listen, if you're going to say that, be consistent about it. You know what I'm saying? And Jared is, you know, if he sees it, he's that's yeah, one thing yeah. he is. He is consistent about certain things. But then and that's gotta, not what he said he in the tweet. He got to do a, a mea culpa sometimes and kind of, you know, but he, he he's consistent. But when guys hear that stuff and then – they see their name being brought up, you know, later on down the line. They take offense to it, you know, whether it be be it right or wrong. Right. They take it personal. We, 
as media guys don't look at it as personal because we don't we're not attacking you. We're just right. you know we're just calling it how we see. But, but it, it just proves though that virtually all of these guys, maybe excluding a guy like Mariota because he's so disconnected no, from stuff. To listen to, no, no, you think Marcus listens? Mariota here. He might be like the only guy I think that might not. No, no. I'm telling you, every guy in the NFL from Tom Brady. Well, here's a true story. When I was in Philadelphia, I knew for a fact that I was told from multiple people that the Philadelphia Eagles employed two people mm-hmm. Monday through Friday from <laughs> 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. to listen to 94 WIP uh-huh. and 97.5, the fanatic, the station oh. I was at. Their full-time job was to I'm listen sure. to sports Dude. radio for 12 hours it's, a day. It's why John Calipari didn't work in the NBA. It's because he had full-time interns listening to every single radio station for, mm-hmm. in New Jersey. James Franklin listens to every I'm single sure word <laughs> that is spoken or written about him. He knows every single one of it. I, I Listen, I, there's a very big difference. So, for example, with, with personal, I, I've had a chance to talk to Kyle Turris a few different times. And w- we have been pretty hard on Kyle Turris because Kyle Turris didn't perform. That's not personal. Like, like, and he, I've talked to Kyle Turris two, two weeks ago. We, sit and, we sat and we had a 15-minute conversation about the New York Yankees and the Minnesota Twins losing streak because he's a huge baseball fan. He, he, they listen and they know, but Kyle Turris doesn't take it personally when we are saying, hey, dude, you need to play better. Like, it's not personal that you, you're, that you are not performing on the ice the way you're supposed to perform. It's not personal. And, and, and if I attacked his character or went out of my way to insult the guy, that's when it becomes personal. And that's when I believe if you're an athlete, you have a right to say, hey, man, that, that's not fair. You're attacking my character. You're attacking who I am. Like, that's, that you're out of line on this. And, and that's different than when I just am analyzing what you do on the field. And you know what I would say to athletes? If you think it's personal and you're taking it personal and your feelings are hurt, go look at your bank account, all right? Because part of the reason you got all those zeros in your bank account is to deal with slappies like us talking about how you played on the field. That's it. That's going to change it. If you don't want to play in the NFL, I won't talk about you on the show because you won't be relevant to our show. No, nah, I mean, he just have. I don't, I mean, he, maybe he could have, you know, but these young kids, man, they... It doesn't they change my opinion of him or anything. everything He's personal. A fine, He's a fine player. The, the yeah. bank account thing's a good thing because when, like, when I get abused on Twitter by people that listen that say I suck, uh-huh. I look at my bank account and I'm like, yeah. damn, yeah. I do <laughs> suck. <laughs> I really do suck. You're right. See you win. I, but you see what I'm saying? Like, that's, like, no, but uh, again, but here, here's when you get how your they, feelings hurt, go look at your bank account, Tajay. You're but doing here's fine. Here's how they do it. Here's how they, um, they say it quickly um, is that when a guy says that, then – a guy better be able to, if I come to you, you better be able to tell me why. Because that's fair. It's like you saying I suck. But did you watch the whole film and see what was going on? Did you just that's fair. zero in on the television and watch that one play and say, oh, what? You didn't know what went on on that play. So if you can't tell me what's going on, but you're screaming I suck or this and that, then I don't want to hear anything you got to say. At, 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 in the same, in the same, the same applies the other way though. If I, if Taj, wow. if so, like I don't understand what it's like to play wide receiver in the NFL because I never did it. So I may not have as much insight as you, Tajay, because you're a wide receiver in the NFL. You know what you don't know how to do? A four-hour radio show every morning. No, but I'm saying is <laughs> So come to us and, you know, is that, I agree no, with what, I agree with what saying. you're saying, though, is that, listen, be accurate and fair in your, but, in your but, assessment. But he I agree doesn't, with you. He doesn't, they don't critique how we run our show. They just get upset how we talk. They don't critique how we, they just right. get upset how we talk about them. And it's like, well, if you're right, going to say they something don't know bad the about me, what I'm saying is we don't know right. the facts on what's going on in the game. I totally agree with you. And the players need to understand the facts on how a radio show works is what I'm saying. Like you can't, 
it goes both ways, right? If I'm going to – I should be educated and informed on why you didn't make a play or why you did make a play. You need to then be educated and informed on how you do a four-hour radio show every morning or every afternoon. It's the same, it goes both ways. There's, there's got to be fair, fairness on both sides. How great would it be if Tajay tweeted back to Stillman saying, you were two minutes for your break time. Dude, that, see, that, you were late for that break. Would, that would kill me. Like, I, I would lose my mind. It would be mind. the greatest thing. Like, <laughs> if Tajay tweeted, get That was back, a weak tease, Jared. If Tajay, if Tajay said, you missed your break by two and a half minutes, get back to the Preds, I would start dying. <laughs> I would just die, like, oh, and and pe- and people in the media in this town would yeah. fall in love with Tajay Sharp. <laughs> but players don't understand radio the way we don't understand running routes in the NFL. Like that's you know, it's Derek's the only one. Derek's the only one in the whole city that can talk about both of them. All right, we will come back. We will take some of your calls, Adam and Tracy. Hang tight. We'll get you on the other side. You can climb in as well. Six one five seven three seven one zero two five. Six one five seven three seven one zero two five. Your calls when we come back, and also. Some strong audio from one quarterback on a former quarterback. We're back after this on Morning Drive.